0: Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood.
1: First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck
0: goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The
1: bottom line
0: is,
1: in all my magnificent, you're going to be mine. All night long. Woo!
0: Here's Jonathan Hood. It is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Every Tuesday we give you something special with pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. And I go to my friend, my friend Dave Lickrecker from Busted Open. If he was, if he lived in Chicago, we grew up in Chicago. We would have wanted to see the, the Bruiser and the Crusher at the International Amphitheater. We would have seen the AWA, seeing uh, Vern. We would have seen the NWA at the UIC Pavilion. If I lived in New Jersey... If I if I grew up with Dave in New Jersey, you would have been me at the Brennan Burns Arena to check out the WWF, to check out the NWA. Uh so but you know what? We're we're brothers from another mother, because we love wrestling so much. You can catch Dave on SiriusXM XM Fight Nation Monday through Friday and he joins me here on ESPN one thousand on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Dave, as always, I appreciate your time. How are
1: you, man? I was just thinking, you and I have never met. We've talked so many times on the phone. You know, you've been on Busted Open. I've been on your show. We've, we've spoken on the phone for years now. You and I have never met face-to-face in all these years.
0: You're not missing much. <laughs> Neither <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> 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 and right now, anyway, we couldn't anyway. We'd, if we did, we'd have to be six feet away from each other. <laughs>
0: That's exactly right. Uh, more, You know what? We will at some point. There's going to be some convention when all this gets cleared up, and I'll be right there with you as your bodyguard.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Or maybe I'll be yours. Who
0: knows? <laughs> I I am calling. This is not an interview, Dave. This is a wellness check. Uh, before we even start, I just want to I want to reach out to you just to find out if you're okay because. During this pandemic, you got the Eric Bischoff hair going. You finally got the haircut just recently. You've got heat with Cody Rhodes. You're throwing a birthday cake into the the garbage can. I mean, there's a lot of rage that's going on with you. And usually, you know, when you and I talk, there's no rage. It's it's a lot of laughter. It's a lot of great conversation. But I'm just wondering from you, are you okay? Because if not, I need to come out there and help you
1: yeah you might have to. it's it's day it's day by day. You can only take it day by day. Some days are better than others and some days are worse than others. And there has been a lot of rage. I did have the Eric Bischoff hair, though it wasn't as neat as Eric Bischoff. Um, but you know what? i'm I'm getting through. That's what we're we're all in this fight together. That's the one thing that we all have in common is that we're we're in this together, so at least I have that. And you know that I'm not the only one miserable. Everyone in the world is miserable. So we try to make the best out of a bad situation. But I did get my haircut, so I'm very, very happy. (laughs) By Mo, who gave me my first haircut in 1973. So I'm very, very happy about that.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm glad Mo was able to do that. And now you're doing cameo. Now you're you're helping people. You're doing Greca rants, aren't you?
1: Yeah, because I'm doing. uh, Thank you for the plug. I am on cameo. And you can get, and it's very, very cheap. It's, it's only $25 because I had to pay for the haircut. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I'm I got to pay are... for the haircut. Yes. So that's why I went on Cameo. So I'm, I'm, but yeah, sure. If anybody wants me to rant on them or rant on their husband or wife or whoever, they can, they can find me on
0: Cameo. Dave look record with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Dave from Busted Open Monday through Friday. Check out Series XM Fight Nation and hear my friend Dave as does a great job covering professional wrestling. Alright, so let's go back in time. Boy, you know, it's something about the month of July that, that brings a lot of memories for uh, us as wrestling fans. You know, the traditional wrestling people will tell you, you know, in the summer, especially in September, you know, it's down, June is down. Well, but in July, July 7th, it's something about it. Let me start with Sting winning the world championship at the Great American Bash in 1990 over Ric Flair. So, as you and I remember, Flair was supposed to be able to give that championship to Sting in 89 uh, or early 90. Uh, of course, Sting injures himself at the Clash of Champions in Corpus Christi, so he was, wasn't was able to win the championship at that time, Dave. But, boy, to go back and watch Sting win, win his first heavyweight championship against Ric Flair in Baltimore. How how much fun was that? What are your memories of that t- during that time in 90?
1: Well, you know what? That was kind of like a transitional year for wrestling fans. And you're so right. Sting was supposed to take the company into the future. And I guess in a lot of ways he did, but probably not the way that the company thought back in 1990. And being a big Ric Flair fan, I was really said this, right. that you know he had lost the title so um you know it's not a great memory for me but you know what like i really did feel like sting was the next guy and you heard a lot of stories that you know the company wanted to go in another direction but rick flair had a lot of confidence and love for sting and that was the guy that he always wanted to you know pass the torch to was
0: sting so you you know what it is dave as you and I are both n w a fans, you know what it was it's just that the n w a was used to having a heel on top and it was it was flair for all those years and for it to be sting where management thought, well, we can compete with Vince if we have a baby face that fans want to come to, sell merchandise, paint their faces it just that just wasn't n w a like you we were used to the chase and not having the baby face actually win the championship and carry it. Um, I'm, now we, we look back at it where we were happy for sting, but you wanna, you wanted a heel at the top to be chased, did you not?
1: Yeah, and you know like as're you're, as you're talking about it and it's really it's really not a match that I've gone back and watched. I, I, I'll have to go back and watch it you know tonight because of like you're saying this is such a I'm actually putting it on right now as we're talking. <laughs> uh, but it's funny like it's you, you look at the crowd reaction. Jonathan, when, when when Sting beat Flair, like how crazy that crowd was because I know a lot of the fans that I knew from my area were a little jaded and they liked, like you said, that heel champion and, and that chase. And the chase is always better than the catch. And once you get to that, once you get to the top of the mountain, is like – is that the right time? Was that the right time to strike? Did they wait too long? Was it too soon? There's always a lot of questions. But, man, you go back to that moment. It was a huge reaction when Sting won that championship.
0: It was just It's great. It's great to see... Sting. Now that we look back at it, I mean, I was a Flair fan just like you were, but just you just knew if Flair was gonna get rolled up or some backslide, that that was gonna be the end. It was always something, something just a simple wrestling move when he gave the championship. I'm like, come on! If you're gonna beat Flair, beat him down like Garvin did in '87. Just beat him completely down. It just, but that's is always something like a roll up, and Flair fell for it. So there, there you go. Sting wins the title. Um, yeah,
1: it, it, it was it was tough for me to take at the time, that's <laughs> the
0: children. Well, of course, uh, Hogan turning heel at the Bash of the Beach in 96, again on this date on July 7th, where the third man with Nash and Hall be, in the NWO's form it, with Hogan. So we talk about also a really, I, I thought, I thought kind of a thin time in wrestling, it, it, where mm-hmm. it's 96 and it's it's the whole... WCW was about Dungeon of Doom and all of the people Kevin Sullivan had. and It was so cartoonish, but it, but it was a bump-and-feed situation, right? Hogan needed big guys to to beat. And uh, once again, it's uh, NWA slash WCW, so once again, a big baby face didn't work in that in that territory. And so here's Hogan turning heel, and I, I think as, if we go back into reaction of, of people there that watched that live, People were all for it. They were, first of all, shocked, but then they know Hogan was with and Hall. They're, you could just tell that the fans were going to change with Hogan.
1: Yeah, and it, it's funny because you're talking about, like, the Dungeon of Doom and how corny. And I think that's the best word to, to describe WCW going into that. was They were corny, and, and Hogan was on his last legs, and it wasn't the Hogan from 10 years earlier and how that completely shifted once bash at the beach happened like once that you know he was the third member and like everything with the nwo like that really changed the momentum you know people talk about stone cold at, at king of the ring but boy you look at that moment with hogan and, and you know everybody throwing the debris into it's it's a real special moment like it's it's one of the greatest Moments in the history of pro wrestling, you know, probably the greatest heel turn in pro wrestling, and everybody goes back and they talked about how Bobby Heenan gave it away as Hogan was approaching Mm -hmm. the ring because Bobby Heenan said, "Is it Hogan? You know, what side is he on?" Like everybody said, he gave it away. No, he did it because when I heard it, I did not think. Like it went really, (laughs) it went right over my head. I never thought that that Hogan was going to be that guy, but man, what a great moment that was! And it completely shifted WCW in the right direction.
0: And of course, even today, as you well know, Dave, there are many people still wearing those NWO shirts. I can go to a UFC fight uh, in Chicago at the United Center and still see NWO shirts, and I go, oh, that's where the wrestling fans went. They went to the UFC and they're still wearing their wrestling gear. That's that's surprising. It's true. Like that NWO thing still resonates today. So it just shows you, even though it got watered down over the years because there was too many members, people still remember Hogan, Nash, Hall. Those three started it all. So even today, it resonates mm-hmm. with a lot of people. There's
1: there's no doubt about it. If you go, you know, you know, obviously, as you, your listeners know, I live in New Jersey. If you go to a Giants game at Giants Stadium, you're going to see still see 56 jerseys because there's still that love for Lawrence Taylor because, you know, people say he's the greatest giant of all time. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter when it is. If you go to a pro wrestling show, you're going to see an NWO shirt. Like, there's, there's just no doubt about it. You are going to see an NWO shirt. And I think it's... To me, and we could have a debate about it, and I'm I'm sure it'll be a topic on Busted Open one day, it's probably the coolest shirt in the history of pro wrestling as well. So simple, it's perfect, that NWOT shirt.
0: I agree with you. As we talked to Dave LeGrecker from Busted Open on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, and also on the same day, July 7th, the Flair J Lethal Woo-Off you it, it impact. I mean, this is a thing. Like, so, so, but here's here's where this is this happens. So, it's one of those things where it pops the boys in the back. It pops the truck, and they're like, "Oh, look, it's Jay Lethal in the back, and he's doing a Ric Flair impersonation." Flair likes it. Well, we gotta put this on camera. Now, again, I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't expect for Jay Lethal to come out there as Flair just goes ballistic. But you know, as someone who who loves wrestling. You know that's like one of the ultimate let me up moments in the history of Impact Wrestling uh, for TNA as Lethal and Flair go back and forth. Lethal does the great impersonation, and Flair is all about it. It was a it was a very light moment for Impact.
1: Um, it's probably the one promo <laughs> that I go back and watch more than any other <laughs> on YouTube, Jonathan. Like I may have on my 40th birthday, gotten really really drunk and relive that promo in a restaurant that's very possible that that happened <laughs> i may i may i may have thrown my shoe across the restaurant like rick flair did to jay lethal that's a very good possibility Whatever. that that happened and you know here's the shame of it like they never followed up on that because impact or uh, impact tna at that time taped all their shows in bulk so they had no idea what a hit that that segment was going to be. So they never properly followed up on that. If that happened to be live, and they were able to build on the momentum that came from that segment, who knows what could have came from that or how big of a star Jay Lethal could have been with TNA. It's a shame, but man, if you haven't seen it for your listeners, they got to go to YouTube and watch it. It's, (laughs) It's amazing. And then in the ring, Is you know is Nigel McGuinness, Desmond Wolfe, and AJ Styles is in the ring, and they try to get on the microphone, but they could do nothing because there was just that chemistry and magic between Lethal and Ric Flair.
0: All this happening, ladies and gentlemen, on July seventh in in the world wrestling. It's 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 bizarre. History of pro wrestling, (laughs) July (laughs) seventh. It's unbelievable. How did this happen? All on July seventh, when it happened, it's unbelievable. Uh, I want to find out, Dave, your experience. Listening to the show, you're reviewing the shows like you always do, Uh, but it's even you have to look at wrestling uh, in 2020 and feeling it's a little bit different. Uh, without fans being in the stands. I said at the time, yeah, you know, what's really about the wrestlers. It's about the, the, the attractions inside the ring. Don't worry about who's got a sign. Doesn't don't matter what the fans say. But now when I'm looking at wrestling, Dave, I mean, it's, uh, it, it it's really a down period for me as a wrestling fan where I'm enjoying the in-ring action. Sure. But, man, it's just something about the fans, that element that is just missing in all of these shows. Uh, even worse on Impact Wrestling because there's nobody there.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I think, Jonathan, like more than any other sport, it's, it, it impacts pro wrestling the most. Like I think you could watch a football game in an empty stadium, especially on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, the cameras up close onto the field and the players. The The, the crowd's really not a factor, especially nowadays – you know, it's not like RFK Stadium in 1986, you know. It's, it's, right. it's different. Uh, baseball, you know, a lot. If, you, if you're scanning the TV at baseball games, you know, there's a lot of teams that play, you know, in pretty empty stadiums during, when there is fans allowed. Um, hockey, same thing. It, I think it affects pro wrestling more than any other because there's a reason why the arenas are lit during the shows because the fans are such a big part of, of the show, and it's it's an element that's missing. It's hard. It's it's real, Jonathan. It's really hard. Um, I think AEW does the best job of trying to mask it as best as they can, but it it's been very very difficult to watch wrestling. And you know, I, I just pray for the day that there's going to be you know ten thousand, fifteen thousand people uh, at, in an arena. I mean, I mean seriously, like, are we when are, when are we going to get you know? 80,000 people at a WrestleMania again. You know, it's, yeah. it's depressing to think of, but it really is an element that's hard to, to, to mask. They're doing the best they can, but it, it's, it's so difficult. And it's very difficult to watch. I, I, I'm with you, Jonathan. It's, it's very, this is going to go down as probably the downish year when it comes to wrestling that we'll ever remember
0: poor Drew McIntyre finally wins the championship and yeah. there's no response. Like, it's, and, you know, and what's Vince going to do? Like, oh, he's not over? Well, how do you know? <laughs> there's nobody yeah, I there. Know.
1: It's true. <laughs> right. it's, 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 and you say poor Drew McIntyre. How, poor, how about poor Dave LaGreca? There was going to be an AEW show in Newark, New Jersey at the end uh. of the March, and there was going to be 13 Dave LaGreca heads in the crowd. Right. 13, Jonathan. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. <laughs> I look forward to those because I like to point those out when I'm watching the, tel- <laughs> the television show. They're all over the place. They're in Mississippi, for them. God's sake. They're everywhere. I picked up Jonathan. <laughs> this is no no Greca heads. Uh, that's no. another thing that we're missing in our business. That's for sure. Um, you, you recently talked to FTR. Uh, Wheeler and... and um, was it Harwood? Yes, Harwood. Yeah, Harwood and Wheeler. Yes, yeah, so the FTR. They've changed the name. So I listened to the interview. It, so so here's my issue now i like i believe f t r is one of the best tag teams in in twenty twenty uh and they were in the w w e uh Vince didn't get it that's on them that's on vince they're they're missing yeah. two great talents but here here's my issue. They first come to a e w and they take on the butcher and the blade and you know sorry, old schoolhood talking wrestling again but why are they coming in as the as the baby faces in that situation against the butcher and the blade? Like they come from quote unquote the enemy, right? So yeah. they and they, they come in with this this big old rambler truck, and they've got the denim on, and so they're supposed to be the the new Blanchard and Anderson, uh, in a lot of ways. And I'm I'm all for that because I love that tag team and I, I really enjoy FTR. But I think there's a miss there where. FTR, they should be the heels, and they're coming across as babyfaces. Even with the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks are bowing up to the FTR, and now they've got a little growl to their voice, and it's kind of like, wait a minute now, isn't FTR the, the, the heels in this situation? They can't be the babyfaces. I think this has already been miscast, in my view.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things when it comes to AEW that I think there's a little bit of a disconnect. And I think this is one of the biggest ones because you're 100 percent right, especially their philosophy when it comes to tag team wrestling is completely against that young buck style uh, that we see in AEW. And you're right. They, I think they really missed a moment. Now, obviously, without the crowd, it's completely different. But yeah, they should have came in as heels. And they should be the biggest heels in your tag team division. So I'm with you a thousand percent, a thousand percent, especially when you know something's going to happen between them and the young Bucks.
0: I just don't want to hear the, oh, well, you know, Dave, let the audience decide what audience, what audience like, like us at home, us on social media, there is no audience to respond to all this. So why just these are the guys coming from the enemy, those guys should be to be heels in this, this situation, and they're not. And I just, I, I don't understand this. Like, if, if every, if this, if this AEW fan base that you've talked to every day, um, if they are counterculture, they're like, oh, you know, we want to be anti Vince, anti WWE. We like what we see. We like the the type type of style that they have. Okay, so this is a team that doesn't have that style. Shouldn't you be against those guys? No.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. They are, they are wwe like they're coming from the wwe they have that old school philosophy we i think we know more than ever jonathan the 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 demographic for aew is 18 to 35 Mm -hmm. so the the people who are tuning into wwe the average age is over 50 so to me, like you're 100% right, they should be kind of like uh, the grumpy old men. Hey, this isn't what tag team wrestling is supposed to be. This isn't what pro wrestling is supposed to be. The perfect heels for a young fan base of AEW.
0: Uh, who is your must see wrestler so far this year in any promotion?
1: Wow, that's a great question.
0: Um,
1: you know what? I'm, I'm going to go to Impact Wrestling and I love their uh, knockouts division right now, mm-hmm. and I love the pairing of Tasha Steels and Kiara Hogan. That tag team in Impact, I think, is must-watch, and it gets me to tune in. They, they're, they're fantastic. They're great on the microphone. They're really skilled in the ring. Um, for those who don't watch Impact, start watching Impact. I, I really think you'll enjoy Hogan and steels
0: Yeah, I... I would say that people should watch. I mean, again, there is no wrestling show on the planet right now that's perfect. But there are, well, the NWA is not on. So there is no no (laughs) show that's perfect. That was the closest one. The NWA show was the most perfect show in 2020. But that's okay. Uh, But watch it for the promos. Watch it for the hard in-ring action. Tommy Dreamer cut the promo of his life. I know you've already talked to him about it. He cut the promo of his life, Dave. Like, no one's doing it like that. And he had time to do it. Uh, That promo he cut on Moose was Dusty is probably looking down, smiling at Tommy the way he did that.
1: Yeah. and And I thought he was, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Like the blood coming down as he's talking and, and there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Like Moose, Is so good. He's so athletic. He should be dominating, no matter where he is. And he kind of seems to be coasting. And I think there was a lot of truth to the words. I think that's why it was so so strong because there was some realism in that promo from Tommy Dreamer. Um, And I I really think that I think the best show for me right now is Impact. Like I, I really have found myself gravitating to Impact Wrestling on Tuesday nights, probably more than any other show right now.
0: All right. You know how this ends, right? You know what we do every conversation.
1: Yep. I've got got the list here. I've got the list. The Hall of Fame. All
0: right, here we go. Here we go. So now I can yell at you. All right, here we go. WWE Hall of Fame hopefuls. Dick Slater. Yes. Mm, Mr. Unpredictable. I got Dick Slater. Dirty in.
1: Dick Slater. Yes, oh. man. Go back. I've been watching a lot of Dick Slater, some some old school Mid Atlantic. He's all over all the territories. Dirty Dick Slater should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: want to be Terry Funk. All right. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> no, he was great, but I'm just saying. Like... Well, if, if, he, if you want to be anybody, you might as well be Terry Funk. No, you're right. You're <laughs> right. You're right. Like, the former Mississippi Heavyweight Champion, Dick Slater. And he had Dark Journey. Give him him credit there. He brought, you're right, he brought
1: Dark Journey. One of my favorite moments in New Orleans at WrestleMania 30 was meeting Dark Journey for the first time. Uh, Bucket list. Hello.
0: Oh, I got to meet her. Um, Dick Slater. Okay. Uh, Kamala.
1: Yes. Kamala should be in, in the Hall of Fame. How
0: is Kamala not in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I really don't know. There can't be heat. He did so much around. He was... One of the great territorial wrestlers. He did a lot for Vince. I don't know why he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame.
1: And, and you know, he's had a lot of issues, like a lot of health issues. Like, you know, that's somebody that, you know, again, you don't want this to happen. Don't give flowers. Give flowers while they're alive. So I really do hope Kamala goes into the Hall of Fame.
0: Missy Hyatt. Oof.
1: Which Hall of Fame is this, that Missy Hyatt? <laughs> Come I mean, on. There's a, certain, there's a certain Hall of Fame where
0: she's got Hall of Fame stats. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Let bygones be bygones. Come on. Missy Hyatt. Uh, oof. Too personal? Too touchy? Uh,
1: wow, this is a good one. This Jonathan, this is a good one. Oof. You know what? I'm going to say yes to Missy Hyatt. Yes, Missy
0: Hyatt. Missy Hyatt in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, Listen, The Ultimate Warrior made the Hall of Fame. All right. So whatever issues that are going on in the past with Missy Hyatt and Vince and the company, let's just move it along here. Let Missy Hyatt, one of the great women in the business, uh, Hall of Fame.
1: Okay. Um, All right.
0: I'm with you. Midnight Express. Oh, a couple, a couple,
1: really, Jonathan? Did you really have to ask that question?
0: Dennis Condry? I mean, he's. <laughs> so,
1: oh, so, are okay. oh, oh, you saying what? All the both you know, any, Bobby Eaton by himself should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. But
0: yes, the Midnight Express should be in the Hall of Fame. All three, right? All three. Yes, because okay, there is a difference. Like like you know, like I you know people ask me because that was my favorite tag team of all time. And, and they've asked me, what do I like best? It's like, you know, it's tough. Like, I love Condry, and I, but I like Stan toward the back end of the of the reign. I probably I like Bobby great. and Stan better, maybe. Maybe. It's wow. just when I think of Stan Lane, I
1: think uh, I think of the fabulous ones. Right. So, you know, but but again, like, you know, you talk about two tag teams that are Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, Stan Lane should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Uh, Playboy Buddy Rose. Oof, that's, that's a good one.
1: Uh, I'm going to pass
0: pass. All right. I'm passing. Come back.
1: Um, no, but I, 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 am going to say no.
0: No. Okay. All right. Uh, no. So no Portland legend, uh, buddy Rose. He can't be in there. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you have this Portland, Oregon. All right. So that's fine. Uh, Ivan Koloff, Yes, of course. Yes, Ivan Koloff should be in the Hall of Fame. Be, be, be Bruno. I don't understand why he couldn't have been there while he's alive, but okay. Uh, and lastly, the Fullers, Ron and Rob Fuller.
1: Uh, I guess, uh, yes. And, and it's more of contributors than actually what they did in the ring. I think what they've done for the business and how they've helped the business, I'll, I'll give them the nod. They're like the Gil Brand of pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, well, if if not the if not um, the colonel, then give it to Tennessee Stud Ron Fuller because that guy was running, you know, Florida. He had his own uh, he had his own uh, territory and had run his own TV in yeah, uh, like, Southeastern.
1: Exactly. So I think I think that'll like yes, Hall of Fame. Yes.
0: For so because that's a that's a great family. Does Jimmy Golden get in because he's also a part of the. <laughs> No, so you, put, so you put a Jim Golden in it. Go crazy, <laughs> Wait a minute. That's uh, all part of the family. Wait a minute. All right, so let me ask you this, because you said
1: Portland legend. So yeah. who would you put in the Hall of Fame first, Playboy Buddy Rose or Billy Jack Haynes? Uh,
0: Buddy Rose. Oh. Buddy Rose. Had the most heat with Piper. They had some some bloody you know bloodbaths, and also Billy Jack Haynes turned his back on Portland wrestling to try to start his own promotion that failed you know miserably, and and now he's a weirdo. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, so so the big black hat of Billy Jack Haynes doesn't get in. So the weirdo, no. Okay. So I vote all right. no. Thumbs down okay. on Billy Jack Haynes. Okay. All right. All right. I I I'm I'm with you. Okay. And he was part of uh, one of my favorite tag team matches of all time, Rose and Summers against the Rockers, 60 Minutes or whatever it was, a bloodbath at the showboat. For the AWA, that's right.
1: great Matt. You oh know my what? God! Um, can I can I can I change my vote? Can I say yes to Playboy Buddy <laughs> no, Rose?
0: it's already locked in. Because
1: I, I, I forgot the AWA run. The AWA run probably made his career.
0: See, no, that's already we've already locked the the ballot down. You say no to Playboy because what you're thinking about is the 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 diet. That's what you think about WWF, uh, Buddy yeah. Rose, toward the end with the with the blowaway diet. That's not fair. I, I agree with you. I'm, I want to change my vote. You won't let me. <laughs> no, it's all right. Locked in, sir. You say no. All right, so no Portland legend Buddy Rose. All <laughs> right, I'll 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 make sure I text Jim Valley and let him know that, oh, you, did, that you didn't want Buddy Rose in the Hall of Fame. And you'll call it, oh, wait a minute, he doesn't like Buddy in the Hall of Fame, and so Jim Valley will be mad at you. So there you go. Hey, really quick, Jonathan, I should know this, but maybe you
1: do. Is is uh Adrian Adonis in the Hall of Fame?
0: I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Is Dick Murdoch in the Hall of Fame? No. Wow. No. And I like I really that's an underrated tag team you just named right there. I know. Uh Adonis should be in the Hall of Fame. East-West Connection, that's what I grew up with here in the Midwest watching him in the AWA. I watched ventura and adonis that's the first time i saw him in the early 80s as a kid and i thought that that tag team was pretty good but then you see him and uh, adonis and murdoch now people remember him as adorable adrian but before that he was a badass
1: he was and that 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 tag team murdoch and adonis were fantastic anybody go to you know the network or youtube when gene oakland visits adrian adonis and dick murdoch in new york city to go to Adrian Adonis oh. Oh, it's it, it's amazing amazing please go back and watch
0: that see it's good stuff see see this is this is what you don't get see see Dave when we're together it brings a smile to your face you've got no drama there's no lack of funza it's just you and I talking pure wrestling
1: i love it it's an escape i forget <laughs> i forget about the world there's no virus <laughs> Is, like you said, there's no lack of funds. There's just wrestling, the way it should be.
0: See, all you all you think about when we're together is you know the garden, the smoke fill arena, the Brennan Burns arena. That's all. That's all. It is you're you're a good friend. Yes, Checking I, up
1: on me like this,
0: see? I appreciate it,
1: Jonathan.
0: You're a Chicago wrestling friend. There's no one beating you. Up. There's no bully beating you up. There's there's oh. no callers. There's no Cody. You know, messing with you It's just me, it's your wrestling friend from Chicago Reaching out, making sure you're okay You're such a a much better
1: person Than Bully or Cody (laughs) It's not even It's not even a debate, it's not even close
0: (laughs) Well Dave, don't forget everybody Dave Lucreca, uh, who's in a much better mood now Uh, uh, Busted open uh, series XM uh, Fight Nation, money through Friday 8-11, to Uh, I'm glad that you spent some time My friend No, I I love it. You should have me on every day. (laughs) Not every day. (laughs) (laughs) Then I got to charge you. Uh, Yeah, I know. I'll I'll pay you. I'll pay you to come on. See? It takes your. Buddy Rose gets your mind off your troubles. You see that? There you go. See? Portland legend. See? (laughs) Jim Valley's mad. See, I tell you, it's, it's all right. All these, it, those are the things that get your mind right when you think about the great old days of wrestling. There you go.
1: Well, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch uh, Flair uh, Sting from '90, and I'm gonna go watch Bash at the Beach. There you go. So I have some homework <laughs> to do before Impact
0: Wrestling. Thank you, Dave. As always, I appreciate your time here on TWT. Let's do it again soon.
1: Thank you so much, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Dave LaGreca with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Talk to you tomorrow.